When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Pretty Scary Boo, then. Yeah. Oh, that Wuhan spread real nice. Hey, I'm Adam Todd Brown. Hey, I'm Caitlin Cut. We are your hosts. Yes, that yes. is what we are. We are. We took last week off. Sort of. Eh, kind of. We still put an episode out for the people. That episode counts. I love that episode. That's it was one of fun. Our best. I might, I might do, I might do that more. I don't know if you listened to it, but I dropped in every yeah. once in a while with some updates about the stories. I thought it was very well done. Yeah, maybe we'll do it again. So I mean, you don't have to work every week. You're the one working twenty four seven. I'm working twenty two seven. Twenty two seven. I'm gonna yeah. say twenty two. Like seven. a real lazy slob. Like a son of a bitch. Yeah. Come on. Uh, How have you been since we recorded last? Well, I've been to a seance since we recorded last. Oh, yeah? Let's hear. uh, So how did you end up at a seance? Your day begins and. I want all the details of how you end up at a seance. It starts before the day began. Whoa, Kate. (laughs) It really does, though. So the woman who led the seance is like a world-renowned medium. Her name is Patty Negri. She's been... Are you ready? I'm ready. Ghost Adventures and knows Zach Bagans personally. No. The whole deal. She went to the Black Dahlia house and did like a ghost walk through there. She's the real deal. She's like a, she does a lot of like old Hollywood ghost stuff. Uh, Also, she said she'd come on the show. Let's get her. Do we need to actually have her here physically or can we just like contact her mentally? Maybe if we think hard enough. This is a good mixer. This is a good mixer. You never know. It might pick her up. I think she would love to come into the studio. She's pretty. So, okay. I, but I know her because my parents, when they met, were all in an improv group together with her. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) She was in an improv group. Now she's a medium. I mean, it's either that or real estate. Yeah. I suppose (laughs) that makes sense. It's like you get three things. If you're going to go into improv, you either go on SNL. Eventually you go into real estate, you become a medium. Those are literally the only three things you're allowed to do after you join an improv comedy troupe. So you can be homeless where, uh, by the way, homelessness follows all three of those options. So yeah, yeah, that's that's, true. That's more of like an add on. That's like a, uh, but no, she is the real, real deal. And I have a crazy story about what she revealed. But the first thing that I need to communicate to you, Adam. I'm listening. Is that Should at me the and seance, Winter be holding hands? At the seance, there was a haunted doll. Yes. Three, I think like a 200-year-old doll that she explained had given people all sorts of diseases and ailments, but she did like a cleansing exercise. And now the only thing left is a young girl trapped in the doll. That's all? That's all that's, that's still in it. there? I'm supposed to act like that's no big deal? 
By the well, way, it's one of those things where once you start a job in the middle of it, it's like, yeah, I'll get back to it. And then here's the thing. Last weekend, Oprah Winfrey came to the forum and she gave a big speech because she's on her Oprah WW tour right now. Right. She fell. She hurt. Yes. Herself. Yes. In that audience, there were thousands of women and 11 husbands and they really showed up. They were real troopers. And I want everyone on this podcast to know that my husband went with me to this thing. Oh, you went. He went. He went with me. And when he saw the doll, which, by the way, he's a big Chucky fan. He's a big. Uh, I don't Wait, know. So he went to the seance not or did the seance happen at the Oprah thing? I thought you saying, meant you went to the my Oprah husband thing. is just as good as the. Oprah. Oh, husbands. OK. I get it. Now. That's what I want to say. He because I thought you meant you went to the Oprah thing and that would have been way weirder than hearing you went to a seance. I love Oprah too, but yeah, but you're not. I'm not a going, going to, to see her. No, you're right. Forum. No, no, I know that would have been a weird left left turn for me. No, the only way I'm seeing Oprah is like if I could somehow see her in person, <laughs> like right. a, like in person, like a meet and greet, like us. Yeah. Right now, not even a meet and greet. Yeah, I want to yeah. work up to like dinner with Oprah. Actually, I don't want to pay to meet Oprah. Exactly, exactly. I know John. No, you're not. No, okay. Okay. Here's what I want. I want to get high with Oprah. Mm. That's my, I, I, I was just, re, this is not a joke. I was just talking to someone. We were all talking about our big dreams. And I was like, my goal in life is to get high with Oprah. Cause if I'm getting high with Oprah, a lot of good things have happened. A lot of things have broken your way. Sure. Like, a lot. So yeah. anyway, so the haunted doll arrives. Did you ever watch trailer park boys? No, there's a whole thing about a marionette puppet named Conky, which is really, really funny. Anyway, my husband loves that show. Shout out Trailer Park Boys. So when my husband sees the haunted doll, he's like, wow, this is like great. And then everybody else shows up. And, you know, Adam, I feel like you and I are on the same wavelength here, length here, which is like if you get an invite, if you got an invite to a seance, you're not saying no. Oh, absolutely not. You're going. Yeah, I'm going to go to that. Same thing that happened. I got invited. I'm going. Right. I'm going to go. That's how s several horror movies start, but sure. it's fine. But you are not sitting around looking for these experiences. I feel like that's a different thing. Right. That's a different kind of thing. True. So it was me and my husband who definitely had not asked to be there. And then a bunch of people who were like dying to connect with a loved one. Now, oh. uh, I will come back to this in a minute. But anyway, over the last couple of years, okay, I have to start in a different spot. I had a car. I had a Honda CRV for like 10 years. Uh -huh. And occasionally the sunglasses thing would pop down. And I would just, I honestly just assumed it was a model defect, like a car problem. Yeah. And then one day I was having a really bad day and I got in my car and the sunglasses thing was down. And I was like, that's kind of weird. It feels like a message, but I don't know what the hell that could possibly be. Well, then I got another car and it started to happen again. Same exact thing. Yeah. And I'm at the seance. It gets to me because everybody in the seance got like a moment where she was like, okay, do you have someone you want to connect with? Do you have questions? Blah, blah, blah. So it comes to me and she's like, I'm sure anybody who has listened to white wine, true crime or here or this show knows my mom died. I miss my mom. I want to talk to her all the time. It's a sad thing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I want to connect with my mom. And she goes, okay, let me think about this for a second. Now keep in mind, this is a woman that knew my mom 30 years ago. So I'm trying to come into this with like a sober perspective. Like she's looking at this, like, whatever she's going to say to me is inevitably going to be colored by who she knew my mom to be. Right. However, she looks at me and she says, your mom is laughing and enjoying this. She thinks this is really funny. And I was like, mm, that makes sense. 
And then she says, has something been opening? There's been something that you have in your, like you, that you, that it is in your car. Like oh. flat out. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And she goes, your mom wants you to know that that's you. That's or her. That's her, oh, that's okay. her saying hi. Cute. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. So then she goes around to everybody else and gets nothing even close to like what she hit on with me. <laughs> and people are getting like, like I can tell they're getting like weird, like psychic jealous, like I guess seance jealous. It's like this weird feeling that I got. And everybody there is like looking witchy. They look, they've got like hair and they look like that episode of Haunted that we covered. Everybody looks like that. They've got like an, a very uh, depressing aesthetic. Yeah. And then I show up dressed in my target outfit like not at all and and i was definitely uh it was a weird moment to feel like wow even in a room full of weirdos i am somehow the weird one <laughs> <laughs> sounds um, like fun yeah so anyway the last part of it is that that was really strange is that one of the women on at the table there were 13 of us one of the women at the table i mean you, you're a stand-up comedian like you know when people don't like you oh I, yeah i know when people don't like me this girl just did not yeah, like me, like really didn't like me. She introduced herself as a some as someone who is a something something intuitive by lineage. Like that's how she said it. I was like, gross. Okay, so you're like uh, from a line of witches. Yeah, like, you went to art school. We like, get it. Okay, cool. You know. Yeah. And I'm being as nice as possible to this person. She's this beautiful woman. She, at one point, she tells us she's 48. I was like, holy shit, you look like you're 30. Like whatever, trying to be as nice as possible, which is hard for me. And, um, so she asks the psychic, she's like, I want to talk to my dad. I want my dad to come through and I have a question for him. I would like to know. She like loads it. Just like, I would like to know who was with him when he died. Ooh. And I'm not kidding. In my head, I hear Janet just like that, Janet. And I'm like, mm, I'm not saying anything. I'm not. No, that's <laughs> fucking weird. I'm like my brain is just pumping out names and everybody at the table, they have ghost apps on their phone. They're like, ooh, my, mine, mine says India. Is she from India? Is her name India? Jesus. And they're going back and forth, and everybody's like, no, no, no. And then I was like, hey, uh, now that we we rooted around for this girl for like 10 minutes, and the whole time it's like, Janet, Janet. Yeah. Flat out in my head. And I was like, this is sounding really weird, but okay. Finally going to say something. I'm like, so does the name Janet mean anything to you? And if not, that's fine. I don't want to ruin your life with a random name suggestion. Like, I'm yeah. just trying. And she looks at me and she's like, did you just say Janet? I was like, uh-huh, I did. And she's like, that adds up. <laughs> <laughs> she was so pissed that it was me. Yeah. And not like the people with purple hair. It was <laughs> nice. Looked like the PTA president was like, hi, I got a psychic download from some woman that your dad was hanging out with when he died. Anyway, it was fucking weird. Janet killed him. Janet. Uh, well, everything this woman said was like loaded with like, she was like a human fog machine. Like everything she said was like, <laughs> like yeah. it was like, okay, okay, I get it. Anyway. You think Janet's in hell now? Uh, Probably not. I don't think, I don't think anybody in hell gets to talk to psychics or mediums. I feel like that's a clearance. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean like in hell. I assume Janet. I don't know. I'm just saying. Is anyone in hell? I'm just trying to segue. No, you're doing great, though. Thank I see you. You're, no, no, yeah. no. I know what you're doing. Because, it's a technique. Because, it's a technique. You learn well, it in podcast class. That's why you're the class. pro. That's why you're yeah. the pro. Yeah. We should teach podcast class. We should. Podcast class. Podcast class. Um, I know why you did that transition. 
I just want to point. I want to piggyback off of your transition. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is, are you a psychic? I'm going to unpack it a little bit. Uh, I'm not a psychic. I, in fact, wrote this episode, so that would be a big lie if I said I was. Oh, a, a sure. Psychic. Sure. Um, and I don't want to lie because I don't want to go to hell. Because you don't want to go to hell, Caitlin. I don't want to go to hell. We are doing the hell episode part two. Part Adam and Caitlin go to hell part two. Adam and Caitlin go to hell part two. The hell you know. The hell you know. We're talking about American hell. We're talking about American hell, Western hell, however you want to uh, to uh, assign it. So American hell. Thank okay, you. good, good, good. So we're going to talk about everything you know already about hell. There, you don't have to be psychic to know what if you stop an American or a British person or an Irish person or a Spanish person on the street and you're like, what's hell? They're going to come out with the same kind of ideas. They're going to talk about ghosts and demons and bad guys and fire. Uh, and most importantly, probably like a separation from God. Right. Like that's the whole point. So I guess I wanted to kick off this episode by asking you, what do you think a separation from God would be like? If there's a God, I mean, obviously if we're talking about hell, there is a God. I no. feel like it's something you wouldn't be able to explain. I think it's interesting. It's something you would just have to feel and know that that's what you're feeling. Like uh, next week, we're going to do a ghost adventures episode. Right. And in that episode, <laughs> they talk about a woman who opened the Dybbuk box. And she said when she opened it, it felt like a it, something passed through her that was uh, an evil unlike any other. Right. And like, how do you explain, like, how, answer. like, how would you explain that? Like, you would just kind of feel it and know, oh, that was an evil like any other that just passed through me. Like, I feel like a separation from God would just feel like you're in a place and you know, God's not there. That's all you would. That's all you could say, I guess. Yeah. Because that thing would be elementally removed from your life and you'd be like, oh, that's what that was. Right. That was God. I'm like fucked. kind of a, you don't realize it's there until it's gone right okay I, I i honestly like i just wanted to hear what you thought about that because i feel like this this notion of the separation from god um in all of the conversations that people talk about the consequences for lack of a better term of the end of your life and where you're going to go for eternity so much of it gets caught up in the trappings of what hell is uh but really the whole point of it is like no you're separated from all that could possibly ever be good right that's hell anyway it's just interesting like I, yeah. I find that interesting um so the conventions of hell in this second episode are not going to really be a surprise to anybody and i thought it would be more interesting to trace the origins of where those conventions come from uh so we're not just talking about dante and milton my friend we're going way back okay and we okay. are going to touch on a lot of epic poems you like that just pick one I don't, I don't know if we have... Should an, I say it? Do we have again? an air horn on here? Epic poems. Uh, Epic poems. <laughs> oh, not that. <laughs> How are they not... They, they don't have an air horn on this thing? Ah. Oh. That entire soundboard sounded like an open mic. Everything about it reminded me of an open mic. Okay. So we're going to talk about oh, epic poems. So that's pretty cool. Um, that's pretty good. It's the epic poem song. That sounds like the, 
like a transitional scene in a 90s teen rom-com. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like the aerial view of, like, a harbor or it's something. It's just built and, into this mixer. <laughs> fucking great. So, like, it's going to be on a thousand podcasts within six months. That mixer rules. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I think by the end of this episode, you're going to discover that the characteristics of eternal damnation are old as hell. Caitlin, what? <laughs> We're talking about hell, and you said old as hell? I know. Guys, we are going way back to find the seedlings of Western hell, all the way back to... I know you guessed it. Can we say it together? Mesopotamia! Mesopotamia! Woo! Woo! We are talking the first to third millennia, guys. Sure. This well, is- I mean, you, you said Mesopotamia, so you didn't need to mention first to third. You're, I shouldn't, I shouldn't I, be like, talking I think to people every, like I think they're stupid. Everyone, you're, right. you're right. Yeah, don't talk down to our audience, you're please. right. So the way the old Mesopotamians used to talk about hell is, uh, well, it's a distant land of no return, which I kind of feel like is a meta description. Yeah, I mean, it would be a bummer to just, like, go to the desert and have to walk around forever. Yeah, but then a couple thousand years trickle by, and they get a little bit more. Yeah. They add some more on, and they say that it's a house of dust where the dead dwell without distinction of rank and merit, and they're in a sealed fortress. Uh, Typically, in this hell, somewhere, there's seven gates. We're back to gates. We get some gates in this hell. Gates of hell. We We have... Multiple stories from last episode where there are gates. <laughs> Unfortunately, nobody has shells or knives made out of shells in this or is a mountain not, of yeah, knives. Yeah, is there not going to be a mountain of knives? There's no mountain what of knives. What about a hell of dismemberment by vehicles? Uh, no, I forgot about that. That was a great... Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's a great catalog of hells. Bigfoot versus the crusher in the hell of dismemberment by vehicles. <laughs> Get your tickets now. Wuhan. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, we get seven gates, and those gates are completely barred against invasion or escape. I don't know who's breaking into hell, but you can't, okay? Yeah, who's down there trying to get in? I don't know. I don't know anybody that's like, please let me at your church potluck. I'm dying to be, like, because me, that's, that's hell to me. I right. I can't do that. So a lot of hell imagery in Mesopotamia comes together specifically in the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is an epic poem. There we go. We got it. Perfect. (laughs) Before we get into that, I just want to say that there are many, many, many similarities between Gilgamesh and the Hebrew Bible, specifically in Genesis. So like they both have a flood. Like, full-on act for act, they have the same flood. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then there's, a like, Exodus literature. Like, it's crazy. Lots of creation texts have Lots in the common. same general stories. Well, and what I didn't realize looking into this is that there are, like, multiple archaeological scholars who all agree that there was a specific time where there definitely was a big flood. Right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, everything got flooded. But what's weird is the stories are all the same. It's always like some guy hanging out and God's like, there's a big rainstorm coming. And he's like, are you sure? And God's like, definitely build a boat. And the guy's like, "Mm, okay. Yeah. And then he does. Yeah. And it one of the things I've seen it likened to today is there's that big vault that's just full of like seeds and all the shit we would need to like rebuild society yeah that's our arc and global warming is going to cause our flood cool and then someday they'll find that vault caitlin 
And this podcast episode. And this podcast episode, which is in that vault. Oh, it's definitely in the we vault. Send, we send them. I mean, whether they, whether I assume they put them in what there. I, that's my only job on this podcast yeah. is to send them to the vault. Yeah. Caitlin co-hosts and yeah. fires out the audio cassettes. Yeah. To place in the vaults. Yeah. The various vaults. Yeah. And I send all of our urine samples to the Hadron Collider. Yeah. And I send our DNA to 23andMe. Yeah. <laughs> Repeatedly. And now we've been framed for murder. I'm sorry. The podcast okay. is over. Well, murder in like Haiti. Like we, yeah. we just can't go to any third world countries. Yeah, that's true. But that's what I get from starting for starting a podcast with a sleeper cell. Anyway, so one of the one of the things in the Gilgamesh epic that uh, he describes hell as is people. This really grossed me out for some reason. Drinking dirt and eating stone. Wow. Yeah, I don't know why. How do you drink dirt? I I have to say. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks reading about different hells. For some reason, this is one of the most evocative pieces. Like, cause you tell me there's a mountain of knives. Like, what do I do with that? But drinking dirt is like, I can feel that. Like, yeah, I don't like that. Eating stone. Yeah. The stuff, my teeth are, That's like, I know I touched my face when I read that. I was like, ah, uh, yeah. no, ouch. So no fun, but a lot of minerals, which yeah. is, which is great. It's going to be good for your skin. Really good. So, the whole point of like, it seems to be that the driving force between explaining this sad afterlife was like, hey, there's definitely a divide between life and death, which makes sense because you're talking like early, early, early humans. They just kind of started to develop language. I don't know what their concept of time would have been like. That would be very weird. So I think the whole point right. there was like, look, this all ends at some point. Keep that in mind. Be a good person. Stop randomly raping people. Yeah. Or you're going to eat. You're going to drink dirt. You're going to drink dirt for eternity. Yeah. And then what I find very interesting is that their hell exists on one side of a giant body of water. And life, uh, as we know it, exists on another side of that body of water. Now, what I find fascinating about this is that there aren't any similarities between really that and the Christian world and the way we see hell, but there are major similarities between that and the way the Greeks and Romans see yeah. hell. Greek and Roman. Woo! I've been wondering when we gonna get the Greek and Roman hell. I knew you were worried about Yo, here we are. Oh. <laughs> this is this is Greek and Roman this hell. You look hell. up you look up and there's no notes there's on the no screen notes. anymore, and now you got a riff. Wait, where did the notes where go? Where did the notes go? Oh. Oh, oh my god. Weird. Scared the hell out of me. It's Caitlin. What? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. I How far so down funny. did I scroll? I don't Jesus. know what you just did. What did I do wrong? I don't know. There okay. we go. Okay. There it is. Woo. Now. Yeah. As I said in the last episode, Greek and Roman hell is very similar to our hell. And so I didn't really want to get into it. I think we did a little bit of Greek stuff. But there's a reason why their hell and our hell is similar, because it's also linked to the Mesopotamian hell, which means it's a big old daisy chain of doom and gloom. Yeah. It's all building on each other. So Greek and Roman hell basically has Hades kind of ruling everything. And the, he's the personification of death and his dominion begins uh, on the business side of this crazy river that we all know about. Euphrates. Yes. Right. Okay. It's not an ocean. It's a river. But it's still a body of water. And a big one. A big one. 
So their hell is described as a dark labyrinth that's cold and joyless and filled with sad, scary halls, which does sound like hell to me. Yeah. That sounds scary to me. Their hell, Greek and Roman hell is like a haunted house. Like, truly. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it. Because then it's also surrounded by locked gates and guarded by a hellhound Cerberus. This is like a three-headed dog situation. Sure, sure. Cerberus. So, like, I guess even if you get out, you get barked back in. Yeah, well, either that or you're fighting that dog. Yeah, but you don't... You don't want to fight that dog. No. What if it's a good puppy? I mean, you don't want to fight a good puppy. Yeah. No. He's just doing his job. Yeah. Why do you want to fight him? Why are you fighting a good puppy? Yeah. Well, th- these are these p- these people are in hell, Adam. Yeah, so they would fight a good puppy. So you need a puppy down there to fight you back. Need a good puppy. You don't go by Cerberus. You're That's a good Cerberus. You're a good puppy. Who wants a treat? You want you want the? I got a human arm. You know who loves the the good puppy? Persephone. Sure. She is the queen of hell. First, I just want to say that's a really great job. The queen of hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's because that's like bitching. you're pretty cool. That's cool. Like your cocktail parties and you're like, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I'm the queen of clouds. What do you do? Oh, I'm the cl- I'm the queen of, of, of birds. Cool. What do you do? Who me? Oh, I'm just the queen of hell. Yeah. It's fucking metal. Yeah. But then, you know, everyone's going to go into the corner and be like, who invited her? I bet she's a babe, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. But here's the thing with Persephone. It's important to understand. Persephone has a huge piece of, she plays a huge role in Greek and Roman culture and ultimately ours, but um, she is the queen, I'm sorry, the goddess of harvests and grain. And she's a fox. She's a babe. Nice. And she's so beautiful that her mom, basically Demeter, she would surround her with guards all day. Like while she's out trying to make fields and shit grow, Can't she was do surrounded that. by guards. Well, somehow Hades, the king of hell, gets a look at this woman. I nodded when you said that. Balls, I, hope I know. At, no, they. I heard, hope people they heard at home it. picked they up. They heard on you it. nod. Yeah. Okay, yeah. go on. They. So he gets a look at her, falls in love with her. Who uh, wouldn't? I mean, exactly. Smoke show. She's a fucking babe. Yeah. So built like a brick shit house. Speaking of, <laughs> I hope somebody describes me that one day as that one day. So Hades is so in love with her that he opens up the side of a mountain, snatches her, and brings her down to hate to hell. That's how that's how he dates. That's that's bold. That's bold. That's a strategy that wouldn't survive the Me Too movement. That's for sure. No, nothing in Greek mythology survives the Me Too movement. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Right. Literally nothing. Yeah. By the way, Persephone, that's his niece. Oh, come on, yeah, dude. Yeah, but it's great. It, they're all fucking each other. It's weird. So Persephone's stuck in hell. I swear this is leading somewhere, you guys. This is important. So she's dragged down to hell. Her mom, Demeter, is pissed. And because Persephone is in hell, nothing is growing. The humans, the mortals, aren't able to eat. People are dying. Demeter literally starts walking around the planet telling trees not to grow. So they just stop growing. Rude. I know. So Hades has a brother. Do you know who that is? Hardys. Zeus. Oh. Zeus is his brother. Hardys was a funny answer, though. That was a funny answer. (laughs) It's a restaurant. That's crazy. Oh, fast food references. Oh, Go wait, on. Wait, 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 wait. Fast food places can't be someone's brother. I get it now. <laughs> oh, you know, Adam. I you read that joke structure in a book. Are incorrigible. Where'd you find the book? The pu- the Burbank Public Library. God, where you hang out all day, every day. All day. You know what I like about how you spend your time in the library? 
How you listen to your favorite music and sing along. Oh, yeah. With your headphones on. Yeah. Yeah. People like it. Everyone likes it. I get a lot of a lot of eye contact. It's so much eye I've seen it from afar. You can tell people are really I've paying attention I to really what I'm doing. And everybody talks about you. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, that's Adam. Couple haters, but I brush well, them off. But if you don't have haters, then you're not really doing anything important. Yeah. 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 Always wearing uniforms, security patches and things. It's like, come on. Who are you? Sorry, you five don't get oh. Yeah, five exactly. Oh. That's a wire joke. Five O. Oh. <laughs> Man, that show's so good. It sure is. Good thing I finally talked about it. The Wire. What? You have, uh, have you ever ta- uh, seen The Wire? I have. Oh, I thought I was the first one to bring it up. I think you're the second or third person I know who's seen it. That's good. Second or third is good. Yeah. I'll yeah, take second still, and third. That's still, still an means, early That adopter. still makes me cool. Check out The Wire, everybody. That's great. Yeah, check That's out The Wire. this week. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody's ever brought it up yeah. ever. Anyway, so Persephone, uh, she's in hell, right, with her with her new boyfriend, and they do fall in love, which is like another very weird Me Too twist. Did you know, Adam, that hell has a rule? What's that rule? Well, in Greek and Roman theology, uh, hell is pretty lackadaisical on who could go in and come out of hell, unless Uh-oh. you eat something in hell. Anything? Anything. If you eat anything in hell, you could never leave hell. A simple sausage and cheese croissant with no egg. You're stuck in hell. Wow. List another food. A bagel? Stuck in hell. A hot pocket. That can be like eating hell if you're not careful. A now and later. That's so small. You're stuck in hell. Come on, that's so small. You're stuck in hell. Wow. I feel like you're going to say that no matter what I list. Yeah, because even Persephone. Hot and spicy peanuts. Hell. You're stuck in hell. All right, go on. We can play this game. Definitely stuck in hell. Yeah. Because that's pornographic. Oysters are so gross. I love oysters, though. Don't. I do. Don't do it. I do. Nah. You really don't like oysters? No. I don't know why I say that to people. Like, Boogers I don't on understand. a half shell. Yeah, I understand. Booger power. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you eat anything, you're going to be stuck in hell forever. So, okay. Zeus is like, all right, my sister... Demeter and my brother Hades, they're kind of in this thing. If I don't figure this shit out, all the people on planet Earth are going to die. And then he talks to Hermes and he's like, dude, I need you to go down to hell and get Persephone and end this thing. So Hermes goes down and he's like, hey, Persephone, we got to go. And she's like, um, okay, but I'm still kind of into Hades. And Hades is like, listen, you got to go hang out with your mom. I totally understand. But before you go, why don't you have some of this pomegranate? Uh-oh. She eats one pomegranate seed. Caitlin, that's so small. That one, certainly can't banish her to hell forever. pomegranate seed. She's banished to hell forever. Women always eating and fucking things up in these stories. It actually is kind of interesting that yeah. it consistently comes up. And in this case, it really is like the Lord of hell telling her to eat from a pomegranate. Anyway, so shit gets more fucked. Demeter's even more pissed. Now, like I said, uh, Zeus... And Hades, our brother, our brothers. Demeter is their sister. Guess who steps in? Hardy's. You did it again! <laughs> Man. Woo! Thank you, everybody. Funny. Thank you so much. Anyway, oh, I deserve that. Who stepped in? Their mom. What? Their mom says, okay, I can't fully break the laws of hell, but we're going to break them a little bit. So Persephone, for six months out of the year... You got to go to hell and hang out with your husband because it's her, it's her husband now. Oh, sure. And then for the rest of the year, you can come and frolic out in the world. Hey, that's not bad. It's like work release. And that is where we get the seasons. Oh, my God. So hell plays a huge role in all of our seasons. 
Very nice. So every time you're scraping ice off of your windshield. It's because you're supposed to be in hell. Just think about it as Hades is finally getting laid. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's nice. That is. That's very sweet. So that's how we ended up here. Anyway, so that's the connection between hell and all the seasons. Aren't you glad I brought that up? I am. Aren't you proud that I know that whole story from memory? That was pretty impressive. Yeah, I got <laughs> lost in the notes because you weren't following them. And uh, yeah, that was. I know. I love those stories. Anyway, um, back to hell itself. Homer's Odyssey, another Greek poem. I should have said epic poem, but y'all get what I'm talking about. I've had this. Can- Whoa! I want everybody yeah. to know that I'm drinking a can of Pinot Grigio. <laughs> uh, I'll, we'll be posting that to the Unpops Instagram later. Yes. Anyway, uh, so Homer's Odyssey notes that people stuck in hell are incapable of communicating, which I feel like gets back to what you were talking about, like your idea of like godlessness. Yeah, and like, I've you can't connect with people. You can't. I keep mentioning the A and E series. Uh, I survived beyond and back your favorite show of all time it's it's pretty great and that's of when people report going to hell on that show that's one of the things they talk about is it's it's not just a separation from god but there's like you just don't have any memories and you don't feel any You're connections like passing through you don't feel any connections to your old life that's or the awful. person you were you like know who you are but you don't know much beyond that that sounds like hell yeah yeah it sounds very grim yeah have you ever seen grave encounters yes i just rewatched this uh and i thought about our episode it reminds me of like what hell would be like i guess in a way yeah i can like, see just that this endless like wandering through dark halls and stuff again very greek roman kind of hell yeah just never getting anywhere always being freaked out grave encounters was good yeah i like grave encounters a lot um, this is something that int- that's interesting to me, and it starts to pop up here. Uh, both Greek and Roman and Hebrew culture, I should say all three, have a very weird problem with untimely dead, the untimely dead or the un- improperly buried. Uh, and in Greek and Roman hell, they suffer more than normal deaths. Um, and they suffer along pretty terribly along with other punished gods. So one of them is called Tantalus. So Tantalus gets penalized and sent to Hades for trying to uh, throw his son a feast with the gods and was punished by Zeus forever to go thirsty and hungry in Hades despite being stood in a pool of water. He attempted to serve his own son at a feast with the gods. Yes, sorry. So I thought I said that out loud, but... Does that mean... He showed up at the feast with a, a a freshly cooked son, or did he serve give his son food? No, sorry. The way that's exp- explained is a little bit strange. So this guy was a very proud god, uh, or, or proud guy. He was a very uh, he was annoying. He's kind of like Game of Thrones season one. What's his face from Westeros? Like you know, sure. Thought he was hot shit. I get that reference. The only person he cared about in the whole world was his own son. That's it. That's all anybody mm. like that's all he cared about above everyone else. And he um I think he's like he gets drunk or something, like nymphs show up and like get him hammered. Nymphs. And yeah. Um he murders his son and finds out Zeus is coming to town and 
decides to feed him to Zeus. And Zeus is so horrified by this act. Okay, so he was trying to serve his son as food. Yes. That's grim. Uh, well, I'm, let me tell you something. And he went to hell for that? I mean, it's it's grim, but it's not. He doesn't just go to hell. Zeus makes him hungry and thirsty forever. Oof. I would hate that. And puts him in a pool of water and completely within reach of a fruit tree. And he, so he's hungry and thirsty and cannot quench and cannot satiate himself. So that's one That's one of the all-stars in Hades. It's a good prank. Uh-huh. And then there's Sisyphus. Um, he's being punished for basically thinking that he can outsmart the gods. And his his tale, I feel like, is has made its way into like conversation. Like when you hear this is a Sisyphanian task. Uh, he's being, he's doomed to force a giant oh. boulder up a hill only to have it roll down every single time. And he repeats this for all of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely become a, a phrase yeah. that people use. So this is, I find it really interesting because like Greek and Roman hell is very um, measured. Like it's, it's very proportionate um, to everything's very symbolic. Like all the punishments are very symbolic and they illustrate these, these dooms, not necessarily as categories the way the Chinese did with their mountains of hell or mountains of knives. Right. Um, they illustrate their hell through punishments of different gods. And so they're like, you're going to end up like this guy. Don't be like that. We're going to tailor make a hell for you is I think the message that they're sending. Oh, nice. That's the kind of, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like low key. My, my, worst version of hell like the hell specific for adam like yeah like the one where you're just like you're watching a tv show you don't like forever and you can't find the remote and then it's just you never find it and that tv show never ends and you're just tearing your room apart forever that would suck it would suck that would not be great Mm -mm. no and yeah i think i think the other thing to remember is like the greeks have this very specific idea that i'm going to touch on in a minute about um, Arde, which is this idea that you could be a shit person, but if you have this one quality about you, it can it can eclipse all the other bad things about you. Um, and that's why competition was like a big part. They were very curious who could run the fastest, who could cook the best, who could f- use a loom faster than everyone. Right. Like they wanted to know all of these things. Yeah. And I think that a lot of that is reflected in how their hell works. Um and then a couple hundred slash a thousand years kind of roll by and we start to see something that academics talk a lot about. What is it? Somewhere along the line in the Mediterranean, hell becomes infernalized, Ooh. which is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. This is when the fire comes in. Here comes the flames. This is when the flames start to kind of uh, lap up against all of our visions of what hell really is. Right. Um, in the Aeneid, Another epic poem. Perfect. Let that go a bar extra. Just a little extra. A little extra there. I think one person's version of hell is the fact that you keep cutting off that sting. Somebody in their car is like, please just let it play all the way through. Yeah. Not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Um, so in that poem, Virgil passes through a thing called Sybil's cave. Now, Sybil acts, acts as a bridge between the worlds of the living and the dead, just as an FYI. Her cave is by the shores of a super stinky Lake Averno. Uh, it's a lake at the center of a crater, and I think it's smelly simply because of sulfur. Oh, that makes sense. What's really fascinating about like uh, Greek and Roman world is that 
and you'll see this when we get into the Jewish side of things too, a lot of their stuff has to do with like real places. So like Athens is a real place. And if you ask people there what happened there, they'll be like, oh, this is where Athena showed up. And we, right. that we, she made olives a big deal. And that's like what they'll start talking about. So it's really interesting because that's like a real like, <laughs> yeah, which is kind of fucking weird to be like, I also just think it's like, remember we covered that like, oh, the gates of hell are in like Ohio or wherever it was. That, yeah. Yeah. Get, yeah. Gates and, and passing beasts is just such a big part of all of these it is did i ever tell you about the time i thought i died and went to hell this is great no i was high on uh, uh, we we went really far in this series before you ever brought this up by the way yeah i should have brought this up earlier no it's a good time i was high on cough syrup and synthetic weed what caitlin's watch does not understand <laughs> why i would be high on cough syrup and synthetic weed at the same time and I wow. was watching, I was high out of my mind, and I was watching Saturday Night Live, and all of a sudden, it just felt like the room had sort of a red tint to it, like it wasn't fire. That's so scary. And I just, like, I'm watching SNL, and I just all of a sudden had this feeling that I was in hell, and this is, this is my hell. And even worse, my two cats were sitting at the top of the stairs, and I had it in my head that if I could just get upstairs, I would be out of hell, but also my cats are not going to let me get upstairs. (laughs) So I was just like, I mean, I'm not going to fight my cats. They're good kitties. So I guess I'm just in hell. (laughs) That's how much you love your pets. Yeah. And it lasted about 45 minutes, and then I was like, oh, no, I'm fine. I never thought I was in hell, but I convinced myself a couple times that I had a brain tumor. <laughs> a couple times. Yeah. I was like, this is it. I'm going to have a brain tumor, and then, then I'm going to have to have brain surgery. I'm going to have one of those heads with a dent in it, and my hair is going to be gone. I'm going to look like that scary lady from Shutter Island that goes, shh. That'll be me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so poor Virgil. Back to that. Uh, so he went to the Stinky Lake. Uh, he had to cross the River Styx. yeah that is a river between the living and the dead so there we've got another body of uh water here on karen's ferry charon's ferry i never have said it out loud i've read it a million times yeah i don't know a r o n um i feel like the river gets a lot of attention but it's very rare that the guy driving the ferry ever gets described like writ large and i feel like we need to do this seems like a detail yeah people need to know for sure so in the uh in the aeneid he's described as standing uh he rules a dreary coast a sordid god down to his hairy chin, a length of beard descends, uncombed, unclean, his eyes like hollow furnaces of fire, a girdle, foul with grease, binds his obscene attire. Foul with grease. Wow. Gross. The guy is gross. He's nasty. And I just, it's interesting because like I... I've had this, I don't know what I've thought in my mind. I think if you ask most Americans, like what the river of sticks is, they'll know like on some level and they know that there's a ferry involved. But until I was like really thinking about all of this, I was like, who's driving that boat? Yeah. Not a great guy. Creepy. 
Virgil has to pass through, uh, pass by the three-headed good puppy. Cerberus, you're a good boy. Cerberus is a good boy. And from there, down the labyrinth path as it forks to the right. Uh, okay, so sorry. Down this path and it's going to, it forks. So to the, okay. to the right are the fears, the, sorry, the fields of Tartarus and to the left Elysian, the fields of the blessed. So I think you left a very important word out of fields of Tartarus, which is torture fields of Tartarus. <laughs> oh, over there, just the Tartarus fields. Like, yeah, don't worry if you don't get the blessed like ones. It's just fields over like there. The, we're like the sign, like the weird piece of wood yeah. flanks down. And it's his torture. <laughs> you see that part just had fallen to the I'm ground so years tired. before. I'm so tired that I left out torture fields of Tartarus. A field of... You remember me when the west wind moves upon the torturous field. I can't believe you know any words to that song other I know, than Fields of Gold. I know so many words to that song. It's a good song. It really is. My parents were obsessed with that whole album. It's a good Sting album. It is. Uh, one thing I want to bring up that is also very strange is like Virgil's Hell also includes a special like compartment area for suicides and infants. I'm not you hear sure that, kids? Why Listen to your parents. there's an infant pocket in hell? Well, do they share the same belief as Christianity that you're born a sinner? You're getting ahead of me there. Uh oh. Interesting. Oh. They don't do that. I don't. I don't think that's what it is. But I think that I think that there is some borrowing going on. Um, yeah. And it's a great segue. The segue brought to you by Segway. Segway. When you need a Segway. 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 <laughs> That's how I'm doing the soundboard now. <laughs> Just little snippets like a Wu-Tang song. <laughs> I'm so tired. Why is this so funny? That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the next time I say it. Um, okay, so I like that you brought that up because before we get into Judaism, something very important needs to be explained. <laughs> That me and Caitlin are converting to Judaism tonight. <laughs> it would take That's so what she meant by that. Yeah, we've gone before the, we get the, into Judaism. Two years of conversion process. Now we're going to do it. No, nah, I bought a book. Oh, sweet. I'm sure someone is selling it. It's like it. one of those quit smoking in seven days things. <laughs> yeah. Guide you right through it. Seven minute Judaism. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Um, before we go into full blown Christian hell, I want to take a step back and take a look at Judaism. Judaism specifically. And the reason why I ask is, or sorry, the reason why I say this is because basically we are living, the Western mindset is an amalgamation of Greek, Roman, and Hebrew culture. And I will make this quick, but it's very important before we get into the next two things of hell. Otherwise yes. it won't be cool. Um, so Christianity itself, which I feel like we can all agree on, had a major influence on the founding of this country. Whether or not it was an authentic form of Christianity is not really a conversation for this episode. But right. it's, it's obvious that it was a big part of why everything yeah. is the way it is. At the time of Jesus' crucifixion, <laughs> I have to start there. At the time of Jesus' crucifixion, there were literally thousands of different cults across Rome. Now, at this point, Rome had already really I don't want to say taken over Greece, but like nobody was worried about Greece doing much. Like they weren't really like 
going to fuck anything up. They were all just fucking each other and getting high and worshiping a bunch of gods. And what Rome did was essentially say like, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll take your pantheon We'll change all the names, but it's going to be the same thing. So they kind of incorporated all of these different cultures. Meanwhile, you've got Judaism in the middle of all of this, um, mixed inside, within and out. And this cult of Christianity starts to grow to the point where at first Rome decides to try to handle it by <laughs> crucifying people in the Colosseum. Like that's, that's how we're going to handle it is we're Did just that gonna, not work. We're going to turn them into lion food. Like, you know, or make them fight to the death. Lions like gotta that's, that's going to be the plan, but it's not working. Christianity is spreading. No. And the reason why Christianity is spreading is because it is this really interesting hybrid of Greek and Hebrew culture. So Greek culture, like I said, is Arde, which is like there's an individuation conversation that begins. It's like you are only, oh, there's only individuation one. Individuation conversation, you could say, You're to right. keep it a little shorter. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, no problem. Um, there's like literally no way I could repeat that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you said. So it's just this idea like you're special. Right. Hebrew culture is basically like you're never going to be good enough. Like, yeah, you're a child of God, but like you got to keep sacrificing. You got to keep giving. It's never going to happen. Like whatever. Roman culture comes along and provides a structure. So what Christianity does is it borrows from this specialness of Greek culture, which is, uh, you know, God needs you. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, make fishers of men, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Judaism is, uh, nobody gets to the, to the kingdom of heaven, but through my father kind of a thing. Right. And Roman culture is like, well, we have the money. (laughs) We did it. Yeah. That's cool. So the reason why you were asking like, well, what's the, is there, is there some kind of connection between what you're seeing with the infant stuff and Catholicism or Christianity? Yeah, a lot of this becomes borrowed from each other. So, now, back to Hebrew hell. That's, like, what they hoped. (laughs) um, I feel like Hebrew hell really begins this, like, articulation of, like, existential punishment. So... Like Greek and Roman culture is it's this very like literal kind of Catholic feeling thing, which is like you did this thing. It's tit for tat. It's it's punitive. It's like you are in this very specifically defined experience and it's completely calibrated to the kind of person that you are and what you've done. Judaism is basically founded on this principle of like the greatest hell is to be separated from God. So we're not really going to worry about what the details are for you specifically. Uh, it's a place of darkness and silence, which I think is another really interesting thing. Like silence being forever, yeah. that would be hard. That would be rough. You know? Um, uh, also, like, you're just, you kind of turned into dust. <laughs> and you are just always descending into death. Um, it's likened to a vast house whose entrance is guarded, like a family family burial site, by gates and iron bolts to a prison which the dead are held captive by strong cords. You know what they could do instead of strong cords? A mountain of knives. This is the time to send in your edits. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, but then we also have an, insati- an insatiable beast spreading jaws and throwing people into a watery abyss. Oh, okay. So we've got more of the same here. Yeah. Well, that's comforting. But you want to get down there and see that all the, all the things you're expecting are there. But uh oh, 
I feel like there's a butt coming. There is a butt coming. Things start to sh- change. So they introduce this thing called shoal, which is basically the dead being completely cut off from their relationship with God, like I said. Yet God retains his sovereignty over shoal, searching out for evildoers who hide in the depths, preserving or delivering them um, from this like grasp of this place. And ultimately, later, there is this apocalyptic catharsis that happens, and it it kind of restores the dead back to life, which is why the burial process is really important to them. Oh. Because hell's just kind of like a waiting room, I think. Yeah. So the other thing, back to what I was talking about, that's really interesting about the Christ narrative and all these different things coming back to life or coming together into one kind of belief system is Judaism, of all things, is the is the concept, is the, is the vehicle that this concept of revelation is introduced. Because Greek and Roman culture were just like, we're just going to keep this thing going. Yeah. We're just going to fuck a bunch and get high. <laughs> but Judaism's like, oh, no, 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 no. There is a day of reckoning. And everybody is going to stand in accordance to who they were. With the Greeks, it was like, well, the gods kind of did that already. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're cool. And Rome is like, whatever you say, this is what we're taxing you for. Like, that's all they cared about. <laughs> so you have all of these things kind of bopping around, which I think is really interesting. Um, anyway, so all this is tied to vindication and God's justice. And this is a huge shift because now hell has kind of been split into these two separate functions. There's this eternal damnation piece or there's this like waiting room thing like we were talking about. Then we have the day of the Lord, which is this like really cool hell on earth situation where the wicked are. Yeah, they're burned like stubble. These wicked people, the corpses of God's enemies will suffer endless corruption and evildoers who have died will be resurrected to shame everlasting. Oh, fun. Now, here Judaism loops in a very, this is very disturbing. Judaism loops in a very specific place called Ganah. And it's a very small valley in Jerusalem. In the Hebrew Bible, Ganah was initially a place where kings of Judah sacrificed their children by fire to the god of Moloch. Yikes. Your own children. (laughs) Yeah, that's I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. After everybody kind of figured out what was going on in this valley, it was just deemed as cursed in rabbinic literature, and Ganah is a destination for the wicked. They were like, yeah, that's bad. That place is bad. We're not cool with it. And it was so disturbing to this community that it was literally brought into a description of hell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and it said in Ganah, the unjust will suffer a fiery torment of duration and severity proportionate to their crimes, which like that seems fair. It feels fair. And it's also like, I I don't know any other culture that has so many very specific locations where atrocities have been done. (laughs) in The Jewish (laughs) culture, like it's like no matter what they do, I feel like they're like, that's another bad spot. Yeah. This is not, this is not good. Um, and the first, so, sorry. Then the first book of Enoch describes in vivid detail both the eternal abyss of fire. We got fire! Yay! Where fallen angels will be imprisoned after the final battle and the plague and pain to be visited upon the wretched souls. So this is like this combination of this space and this apocalypse. But! But! I feel a but coming on. Some Jewish philosoph- philosophers and mystics emphasize that the spiritual character of the future life interpreting Ganah then as a redemptive fire, okay, is this important thing because they believe that there's always this opportunity to burn away the person 
that you didn't want to be and then becoming then get into contact with God at some point. Right. Which like is Eminem. Exactly like Eminem. <laughs> Thank you. Go on. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> um, which I think is interesting because even here with Hebrew culture and Greek culture and Roman culture, there are all these like ideas that, hey, there's still a chance. Like, you still have a chance. Like, even if God comes back, even if everything goes crazy, even if you go to hell and you eat this pomegranate seed, you There's got a shot. Still a chance. You got a shot. I like that. That goes away, though. Oh. <laughs> like, Christian hell. <sighs> Christian hell is more disappointing than, I, than, than you can imagine. Oh, yeah. No, I know. I know. Not just because of the, the things that may or may not happen in Christian hell, but more... Okay, I'm just going to get into it. Okay, so the things that make Christians Christians is Christ. It's Jesus. Right. The whole idea is he comes down in the form of a man, he dies, he's resurrected, he conquers death. Right. Cool. One problem. Death is definitely still happening. Oops. Oh, no. (laughs) So we got to think of something. We got to figure something out. Right. Right. We got to figure out what happens. We got to keep people in line. What happens if you don't believe in this Jesus guy? Christianity is suddenly this like mad dash to grab everything from every major feeding culture around it and turn it into this system of consequence. Right. (laughs) And we start off with Ganah immediately. There are 12 references of that place in the New Testament. Yeah, there's a great conspiracy theory that Christianity was just basically invented by the Romans to keep slaves down. Well, I can tell you exactly how that is because there is this concept of resurrection and revelation, and it's all built on this structure of desire, essentially. And desire structure is something inside of you is evoked. There is a quest for something to be redeemed. It doesn't happen. It starts all over again. Anytime you try to communicate with someone, you are enacting desire. Yeah. Like, I want to fuse my brain with yours, but since I can, I'm going to use language. Yeah. Anybody who does podcasting has an acute problem with yes. this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I brought it up more because the argument is that Chris, a lot of Christianity is just kind of cobbled together from religions that existed before it. Yeah. And that they just made it as a means. They kind of catered it to this specific group of people uh, as think, a way to keep them. I think that's an, it's true, but I think it's also an oversimplification because you have to take into account basically what Peter, the apostle had to do and what Paul, the apostle had to do. And the success of those two men have everything to do with what you and I hear right now. So Peter, Paul had the cool job. Paul went to the Greek islands and he was like, Hey, this Jesus guy, he's not like a king, but he's like a king. Get it? Like a metaphor. And the Greeks were like, yeah, we understand metaphor because we've got this Zeus guy who definitely turns into a bull and fucks people. So, yeah, we're good. Yeah. The Jews were like, what are you talking about? We need a real war. <laughs> we need like a real. Yeah. We really need this to happen. So it's just interesting to me. But anyway, so Jesus mentions this place not 12 times. Okay. Um but the way he describes it is really interesting because he says that this is, Ganah is a place where the worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. And he says this, it's really stressed. So here's the really amazing part. That real place that I told you about, because it was so disgraced, they actually turned it into a dumping ground. Wow. 
to make sure that it was forever a place where nobody would do anything else. It's a bold stance for a historical site. So when Jesus called it what he called it, what he was really saying was, he's literally saying that if you go to hell, that you are going to be forever labeled as a human garbage fire. Nice. I like that. Right? Here's another little feel for thought. No pun intended. (laughs) He said, Jesus says in Matthew... You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For when I was hungry, you gave me no food. When I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. When I was a stranger, you did not welcome me in naked, and you did not give me clothing, clothing sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Mm. We're going to get into later how there are very few criterias for how and why you end up in hell. Uh huh. This is like one of the most specific directives that's given in the Bible of how you get to hell. And I feel like nobody's listening to it these days. We have like a rampant homelessness problem. We're putting kids in cages like blows my mind. Anyway, so this is the grand finale. Here's the most interesting part to me. How what we know, what we know about how we get to hell a little bit of we know a little bit about that. And I think it's fair to say that Christianity threatens hell more than anybody in Western culture right now. Mm, yeah right and it's based on biblical doctrine uh is it great question yeah I don't, but isn't like, that the that's... presumption that it's coming from this place where they know the truth yeah but we are, that's like the first thing we said on this podcast i know that but it's, it's so not... much worse than i realized yeah first of all the bible is pretty ambiguous about even satan himself like in the original sin story that's a snake it's not actually yeah like there's no devil yeah, really? Satan is, I've said a bunch of times, Satan to me seems more like a metaphor for science. Sure. Satan is where knowledge about how the world works comes from. And uh, it it just feels like the descriptions that we have of Satan in modern times or now or what we picture of Satan is just all movie shit. It's movie shit or it's guess, book shit. I guess that my point is like exactly though. Like especially like, you know, we're recording this on Super Tuesday. People are making these like super intense decisions about everything right now. And even as a person that's like studied the Bible and thought about this, I hadn't thought about hell very much. And I this made me think about it. Yeah. And I got really frustrated because like, yeah, we joked in the beginning like, oh yeah, the things you know about hell, it's from like Milton and the, what, I guess I took for granted that that those things are true but there's literally very almost nothing about hell in the bible yeah hell hell is the thing that i feel like a lot of people lead with hell in the bible is described a lot like uh the hebrew version we just talked about where it's just kind of a dark silent place where you're at forever like a hole in the ground and then at some point you're brought back up and there's like there's none of the the, all that fire and brimstone shit is not in the Bible. Like, let's just say Satan is real. Okay? What are his powers? Nobody knows. That's weird to me. Stopping global warming. <sighs> See, this is the thing. Like, I get what you're saying. I understand that. But, like... I'm still going by the science metaphor. Fair. Which I still... I 100% stand by that. I guess I just never th- thought of it that way. I thought. I thought of... I thought of... I feel like that's a secondary add-on. I feel like that's true for people that believe science separates you from God, but I don't 
understand that because I feel like every major scientific leap, especially early on, had to do with faith. Like, it's yeah, just but weird you're not you're not going to get a fundamentalist Christian to think that way. No, and, no. And I guess I just like I think I'm, that's where a lot of the descriptions and depictions of Satan come from. It's from really fundamentalist religious types wanting to just whole cloth keep people away from questioning faith at all because faith isn't meant to be questioned and anything that makes you question your faith is going to be inherently of the devil and that's what science is science makes you there are no science makes you question your religion doesn't make you question your faith well that like you're speaking from for you but if you're talking about the church itself like to them, science well, is going to separate. They you. don't survive if 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 people start separating religion from faith. They don't. They don't make it. And I understand that. I believe right. that for sure. I guess I just. I don't know why this was so disappointing to me. Yeah, the, um, the hell is boring in the Bible. Well, it's, no, no, no. I mean, uh, I, you know what? Disappointing isn't the right word. I'm actually impressed by the ambiguity. Like. We don't know if there's anything different between fallen angels and sinners. We don't know if people from the Christian from the Christian's perspective go to hell for a little bit and they go to heaven. Things get really wishy-washy. You know, like if you're telling a stadium of people that if they do bad things they're going to end up on a mountain of knives, at least like that is that requires more faith. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? There's no personality in any of this towards the end of it. Like, you get into Dante. That's why we added all that personality. I know, but you get into Dante, it's all political. You get into Milton, and it's, like, basically talking about how smart Milton is. Yeah. Which is, it's good, but it's also depressing. Like, you know. Yeah. Are you disappointed that more people aren't getting punished in this version of hell? Maybe. Yeah, I'm not. I'm fine with it. I'm. No, I'm disappointed in, uh, I'm disappointed in. I'm not disappointed. I'm confused by the people that put so much effort into this fear of hell now thinking about it from this perspective. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess. Like, if I thought I was going to be sent to the hell of disembodied, you know, dismemberment by automobiles, that sounds very specific and scary. Right. If I was going to be put into a labyrinth of you know, darkness for eternity. And then a good puppy was going to bark at me with its three heads. Like that's something to move away from. Yeah. I guess I'm sad that this completely ambiguous set of consequences that I feel like I do believe that on some level they were put in, in place with good intention, at least by mm, early, early Christians. I 100% like this. don't do. agree with that. I know you do. Because what about early and early Christians? What else about early Christians implies good intentions? Jesus. Uh, okay, but Christianity throughout history has been as murderous as any. That's not the. Other we're not. Well, you're religion. not talking about the same thing. But the the stuff about all the extra stuff that was added about hell was didn't come from Jesus or well, the it didn't Bible. even come from the Nicene Creed. It didn't even come from the people you were talking right, about. Right. So so we're having two separate conversations. I'm talking about early Christians. 
makes me sad to think about it that like they thought they had something and you know you've got this jesus dude showing up and he's like hey you want to find out how you go to hell uh, okay cool like when i was hungry you didn't feed me like wh- like i could see why people would gather around this person and be like i want to follow this guy because he's the only guy saying this kind of a thing yeah and why are we going to get into this whole consequence thing like we're good like we're not going to go down that road we just want to talk about how to be and then it turns into this <laughs> yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah like you can't tell me that you can't tell me that a single mom in boston that wants their kids to be safe that's you know sending their kids to a church with like a pedophile priest has a bad intention that's what i'm coming at it with it's like these people didn't have bad intentions it's people that are greedy and evil that have bad intentions and they get warped all the time and it sucks and it makes me sad yeah and maybe if you started off with like the greek thing where it's like sorry god can turn into you know a bee and sting someone's eye and they turn into gold forever then it's like i should be careful with who i hang out with (laughs) yeah christianity is like hey only the meek will survive and it's like what (laughs) like the first shall be last and the last shall be first like i believe that ultimately on a vibrational standpoint that's true but those are the kinds of statements that get warped and keep people in slavery and keep people in bondage and keep people in marriages that they're not happy with and then it's ended with you might go to hell they're like not hell yeah and then you turn and it's like there's no nobody knows what hell is it's fucking weird well i mean being trapped in that box would be kind of a bummer super bummer yeah like it's still it's still uh if you're expecting to go to heaven, it's still definitely very opposite of what Let me ask you a question. You imagined before we go. And everybody can ask themselves this later or now or whatever. I guess you don't have a question uh, the option to not ask yourself this cuz I'm going to ask it and I'm in your ear. Yeah. Okay. So, let's imagine the worst person you could possibly think of. Nancy Grace. Okay, uh, go no, on. No, 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 worse. You could you could find someone worse than that. But I'm not going to. Go on. Okay, fine. <laughs> you can find someone worse, but he, anyway, is a hell is hell in the scope of this person? Would you rather have them spend eternity in a, in a box or truly have to process what they did on this planet? And then on the other side of that, there is redemption, but they have to walk through what they did. Um, like no, no, no deviant. I don't know that I have a preference. Uh, I don't like. Because I feel like a box is like a blanket hell for a bo- everyone. A box is a blanket hell, but that person meeting their maker and talking it out and coming to terms with it doesn't help the people they hurt. So at that point, it's like, fucking punish them. I don't care. Interesting. I guess I kind of feel like if we all die anyway, it doesn't matter if it doesn't help the person that they hurt. I'm like coming at it from the other side of things. Like, Yeah, I just, I don't, like if we're talking about, like if you're actually wanting me to ask this question about the worst possible person i can imagine my answer is going to be i don't give a shit like like i i'm not the kind of person who revels in seeing people punished so we're not you're not going to hell there's not there's nothing i agree there's nothing in me that would like i wouldn't want to watch like if i found out they were going to get tortured for eternity i wouldn't want it to be a tv channel i could turn on no so i don't know like I think when it comes to to things like heaven and hell, I just uh, I think about it more for myself than for other people. Sure. And like 
other people are kind of on their own. And I don't know. I just. No, I, that's a good answer. I was genuinely just curious. Yeah. I like I like these kinds of questions. I, I, I'm genuinely like, I want to know what people think because I only know what I think. Yeah. <laughs> like I, yeah, know, it's, a, and, it's a thing a, a lot of people don't want to talk about. I know. Days. And I feel like. I feel like the end of this episode, I just want to say, like, you should ask more people about what they think hell is because every culture has a hell. Yes. They all have hell. Since the very beginning of everything, there's been hell. And they're all, again, just like most cultures have a flood story, most cultures' hell is pretty similar. Like well, they, Western culture, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, when you're talking about West and East, that's well, that's why we separated it because be it was like different. I don't like it all yeah, runs like together the, on this side. Like the All Star Game for Hell. That's why Christian Hell is whoever, we're done. We, whoever we wins wrapped this. it pretty quick because it was like there's no no they don't know. Yeah, and, Christian Hell is it's boring. It's it's really boring, and the biblical descriptions of Satan aren't as gnarly as people make them out to be it's it's all really kind of tame it's not till revelations where the bible gets really fucking cool super metal yeah well i think that i mean and we'll we're gonna end this but i think that there's also something really great about the bible dealing with satan through the lens of like the banality of evil like i think that's a really important thought and kind of a great counter to the the Jesus concept, which is like some people wanted a guy to reign from the heavens and give them their house back and all these things. And I think on the other side of that, people think that people, that evil people can't exist unless they look evil yeah. and act evil. And, right. you know, like, oh, if someone's that evil, I'll be able to pick up on it. We, we all want to feel that way. That we'd be able to yeah. know the evil. And you, you hear it casually tossed around when people say things like, oh, that person looks like a serial killer. Or, oh, that person looks like a pedophile. It's like, you don't know what pedophiles no, look exactly. like. No, exactly. You don't know what serial killers look like. Oh, that person looks like he's in the CIA. You definitely have no idea what people in the CIA look like. No, there's no question. Yeah. like that's, They look like us. Yeah. We should have been in the CIA. Fuck that. Oh, God. We should abolish the CIA. We would have been great. I mean, I'd be good at most jobs that you put in front of me, but I don't want to topple the government of Venezuela. God, we'd be so good at that job. I know. And that's why they can't have me. You can't have me. I do think we should abolish the CIA. I think when when it's all said and done, we'll look back on history and realize we had the most brutal intelligence service probably of all time. I honestly don't know. The CIA is wild. I believe you. They're going to hell. You think all of the CIA? Most. Yeah. Yeah. Even whoever the fuck Ben Affleck played in Argo. <laughs> Argo, all... Argo, fuck yourself. Yeah. I love that movie. Oh, that was a good episode. That was a really good episode. Really nerded out on that one. Sorry. We really did. We got. We got deep. But hey, the next episode, I believe, is on the Patreon account, right? It's Patreon? Yes. It's a bone con episode. Bone con episode. We are talking about, oh my God, the best, just the the best thing. The best thing. Ghost adventures, artifacts. You, <laughs> you described it so well. It's what? Ghost adventures, artifacts. <laughs> that was a ghost. That's a rock and roll ghost. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's the ghost of Huey Lewis. He's Woo! still alive, but it's fine. 
yeah, we're going to talk about an episode of Ghost Adventures Artifacts. Uh, also, we should mention, I don't think this will be ready until for probably until next week, but okay. pretty soon you're going to be able to subscribe to just, oh God, just us. Pretty scary. So excited. How fucking exciting is and that? And if you do that, you're going to get to meet my Aunt Rosemary. And we get money. Maybe a, a little more a little more money. Adam and I both need money. Uh, like, I think we're at a point now where we can just start asking for money, right? Yeah, we could, like, the network... This has been hundreds of hours of relatively free content. The network does fine for a single person living in Los Angeles. Unfortunately, it's staffed by a several more people. Yeah, yeah, just Adam. Well, yeah, and, but... Oh, me. Yeah. I was defending you and you were defending me. It was like right. a gift of the Magi thing yeah. that you and Jeff talk about all the time. Exactly. And, yeah... So we're trying to give people more ways to give us money. And uh, if you could do that when the opportunity arises, oh, we would appreciate it so hey, much. Also, we're open to content suggestions. To a point. Fine. I mean, yeah, I'm open to suggestions. No, with a giant asterisk, I'm not saying it's a demand. I'm just saying, like, if there is something, a topic that you would like us to cover. Let us know. Yeah. Something. I want spooky shit. Spooky. That's why we covered hell. Yeah, sorry. That was my favorite. Fuck. (laughs) The soundboard is giving Adam the vapors. (laughs) All right, let's 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 move on. Let's go to the next episode. Yeah, let's let's move on. Because this. We never record two episodes in one night. Very rarely. Never happens. Never. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Next week? Next week. Same time. Are are you just going to crash here? I live here now. Until next week? I told you this. Yeah. If you subscribe at the (laughs) $5,000 level on Patreon. You can support Caitlin. You can live stream just the (laughs) goings on in the house. Just Adam and Caitlin as roommates. In between. Yeah. Just... Brett, just really putting hours and hours of research hey, every I just, day. I just want to put out there that I feel like we'd be good roommates. It's, oh, yeah. At this point, it's never going to need to be a problem or no, happen. No, no. So we can just like but, pretend. But we would be great roommates. I think so. Are you pretty clean? Yeah. Yeah, so am I. Like, and I would clean and I wouldn't, I don't care. Like, people make it a thing. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. You, got, be, you keep the bugs away. You got to clean. We would definitely agree on the cable bill. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no, like, we're not fighting that. No, no. And the best thing about living with a platonic male roommate is when I park the car late at night, I can call you and you don't get angry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, my husband doesn't get me angry either, but, like, it's just nice. Or if you don't call me, I can sneak out and scare you a little bit. I'm also into that, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should have called Adam. <laughs> I would pee. That would be nuts I would if pee. they jumped out yeah. and said exactly that thing. <laughs> God. Failed to make the phone call, lady. I just, I just don't want my last thought to be, God damn it. Like, that's what I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to be in a trunk. No. You know what I mean? And just be like, God damn it. Like, I should have. I really stepped in it this time. Like, uh, that is, this is ultimately on me for not listening to my instincts. Yeah. I feel like for me, <laughs> I wouldn't have too much time to ponder that. Because for me, it would be like, Someone's talking at the movies, and I turn around and go, shh, and the guy shoots me. <laughs> no, for women, it's much worse. Yeah, yeah. Like, if a woman has the time to think, God damn it, then she should also just hope she doesn't live through what she's about to live yeah, through. Yeah, it's going to be a long night. Yeah, it's not good. I'm just getting shot at the movies. Yeah, I'm being thrown over a bridge. 
eventually. After a bunch of other stuff. Eventually. Yeah, weeks later. Yeah. This is good. Yeah, this was a fun way to end. Yeah. <laughs> well, we talk about hell. Yeah. That's yeah. hell. That would be hell. Yeah. Hell is for children. Hell is for infants. It's a Pat Benatar song. <laughs> You're right, it is. People took it the wrong way. They really did. Uh, do we have anything to plug before just, we just, get out of here? Just, just eventually, please sign up for the Patreon hour feed. Yeah. So just subscribe. We give you Bone Con. Get two bonus episodes a month, baby. One or two. We're so funny. And we're so good at this and just. This is it. In general. We're just good. Generalmente. We're like the way Ben Affleck describes Xanax in the film Extract. Listen. It's just good. I will always love Ben Affleck. Have you seen Extract? No, but I will now. It, he is amazing. Ben Affleck in Boiler Room is a babe. Yeah. I'm into that. Okay. Okay. Well, we got to Ben Affleck, so we need to end. We met. We are in be- the hell of Ben Affleck Batman. <laughs> that is not. That is not. He was hell. actually a good Batman, though. But. I could just. I, I could help sad Ben Affleck. I could bring him sandwiches or whatever. Make we're, him happy. We're here for you, Ben Affleck. I'm definitely the child of an alcoholic. All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we get out of here? Yes. Caitlin, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. You're going to hell. <laughs> Thank you.